thanks for sitting down with us, guys. Uh, we're missing Jeff this week, which is a bit mm. of a bummer. But uh, this is bummer. our post-series podcast. You guys know what we're doing. We've done this a couple times so far. Yes, uh, and really all we're doing is it, it's really about the nuggets, right? Uh, <laughs> we know that when you sit down for a message, uh, unfortunately, these days we try to keep those to 30 minutes. But fortunately for everybody who's sitting in the pews, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but that means for those of us who are nerds and who like to dig into the Bible and who have a lot to say, yeah. uh, that there are things that we just decide, ah, we're not going to include that. So we kind of try to take a little bit of time after each series these days to kind of debrief that, to say what are the nuggets that you know you had to chop from the sermon and what are the things that just wouldn't have ever fit but are kind of on topic. And um, and I think for this series, uh, we had some really interesting things kind of come up in the middle of it that we didn't anticipate that are worth talking about. So for sure. that's what yeah. we're doing. Um, it was interesting. Uh, Ryan actually didn't get a chance to preach in this sermon series. Did. He did host a panel, though, of some moms, which was really I thought great. maybe we would, but yeah. we always make a plan and then... We changed the plan yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And, it, and it was great. I mean, that panel was great. We're missing Jeff, which is a bummer because Jeff had like a 20,000-foot ladder that he climbed on top <laughs> of him and gave everyone a heart attack. Uh, all he was up there. People were like, did he sign anything before? Oh, he my him? gosh. And it, it was so high. funny when he's up there at the top of it. And he's, and he's, he's. I mean, for those of you who didn't see the message, right, he was at the top of this massive ladder that we have for facilities as an illustration yeah. and just sitting there. And he, I thought he was going to climb up there and freak us all out and then come, and, you know, kind of go to like the top third or fourth rung he gets straight up at the top and straddles yeah. it and just sits there and he messes with it and he preaches for like 10 minutes up there i'm like when are you gonna come down it man? seems on brand for, for oh my Jeff. gosh and yeah. then he and then he climbs down and continues to preach as he's climbing down and and i love that when he's up there he, he messed with us and he's like you all want me to get down right now don't you <laughs> we're all like yes please yes yeah. yes absolutely yeah. yeah but um yeah so i think we just kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit uh david mm. i know that this series strengthen yourself in the lord this really is uh, something that's come out of you and out of your heart. It's fun how each of these series kind of seem to come out of you know a different one of our hearts as we all sync up to that. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was kind of your heart from the Lord for the whole year. We talked about that a little bit on the last podcast we did. Yeah. Um, but really the hope is that, uh, that we would strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that and, and why we're focusing in on that for this year and why that was the case for this last series. Yeah. Well, this that is um, a bit of a theme that came out of our direction team and all of that for the whole year. Um, the adi- the idea of of strengthening, you know, finding more strength, um, but but f- figuring out how to like not be dependent on somebody else for mm. for your relationship with the Lord. Mm. It's an interesting concept, um, and I mean, I we titled the first one "Don't Strengthen Yourself in Yourself." Mm because it seems like culturally there's a lot of people talking about how to get a better righteousness or a better justice or a better strength or a better truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're all, you know, humanistic ideas, which, which don't really have any, any real truth in them. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the truth that, that we need comes from an outside source, you know, it doesn't yeah. come from a human source. Mm-hmm. So, so there's some of the, the wordplay in there. Um, one of the things we wanted to do was try and, to find Bible characters. I think, you know, we, we've been, we would do books of the Bible. Sometimes we'll do topics, but I thought it would just be a fun kind of break um, for us to just focus on some characters in the Bible, and particularly Old Testament, even though mm-hmm. I did one old and one new. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, yeah, just the stories of individuals in the Bible, sometimes so fun. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a little bit of the framework. Um, and then the backdrop for it, I mean, I'll just read this from, from the, the sermon. This was my intro to the whole sermon series. Um, and kind of gives a little insight as to the backdrop of what, where we were trying to drop this concept in was, was how tired we are 
Because of living through the COVID-19 pandemic, 2020 political struggles, and two years of divisive ideological warfare, it felt a lot like canoeing into the wind. It took incessant corrections to stay straight on course and endless paddle strokes to stay in the same place, mm. let alone make any progress. And now we're getting to the middle of 2022, where we see exhaustion giving way to failed marriages and friendships, failing mental health and wars of, and rumors of worse. Um, whether it's right or not, God only knows, but we all feel we are on the brink of a much more severe societal collapse. Yeah. Which is hard to think about, but, but I fun think line. it is That's true. Really right? fun line. <laughs> uh, the growing, growing confidence in the incompetence of our leaders, the just keep kicking the can down the road financial policies of the last decades seemed like it could blow up in our faces at any moment. And the intentional tearing out and tearing up of the moral fabric which I believe has led to the good fruit of the last 250 years, is going to take us to a new place. And the Bible gives us lots of warnings about that new place. Yeah. Um, the new place doing what is right in our own eyes will take us. So mm. that was kind of the backdrop and this whole idea of, you know, we definitely, everyone, everyone who is paying any attention to their own soul knows they are weakened, mm. knows they, are, they, they need some strength. They need to find something to sustain them in in the weight of just life of marriage of family of work of yeah. of you know mental sanity like mm -hmm. whatever it might be um and and so that whole idea of we need to find strength so where are we going to find it and you know and that's the lord I, I mean that's obviously what what we're doing here at living streams church <laughs> is we're really trying to point people to jesus and yeah. and, and his strength and mm. and his life um but then but then figuring out how to do that so I really hope there would be like a practical reality to it. Um, so, you know, yeah. like, okay, great. I want to be stronger. Great. David and Ziklag, David strengthened himself in the Lord. What does that even mean? And so unpacking it in that first sermon series, you know, I really, it looked like worship. Mm -hmm. The practice of worship was something yeah. with, that David continually, and you can see across his whole life, that practice of, of basically acknowledging who God is was enough to f help David strengthen himself mm -hmm. in the Lord. But then the second thing in that message was in that story, remember he said, bring me the ephod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, a, that was a fun line to throw yeah. out there in, you know, 2022 Central Phoenix, mm -hmm. bring me the ephod, which <laughs> means obviously nothing to us, but yeah. it makes everybody yeah. laugh. And sure enough, I said that, everybody laughed. <laughs> I think I was actually... You said, Brittany, yeah. bring me the ephod, which is really funny. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do this all the time in my home. Brittany, bring me the ephod. Um, but but that, totally what that funny. meant in that context, you know, for David was, was, you know, get a priest and get this thing that God has, you know, given to us, this concept and idea of how we can discern what God's will is. Mm. And so once he found himself in the will of God, the strength was there. It's not. It's 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 not that the Lord isn't ever strong. It's yeah. that you know we are sometimes on our own because of our own doing. Mm -hmm. And David was at that time, and you know coming into Ziklag, he definitely yeah. was way off track of where the Lord was wanting him to be. But once he got back in line with the will of the Lord, mm. yeah. powered yeah. up, you know, then yeah. there was strength, and then there was freedom, and then there was victory, and all these things. So yeah, yeah. So the practicality of that, like, literally, just breaks down to worship. Mm. And then where are you at in regards to the will of God? So, yeah. um, and then each message kind of had some of those too, which is really encouraging. Well, and I think the, the week you were preaching too, um, 
hearing from the Lord is such a big deal. And if you're feeling weak and you don't know where to go and you're spinning your wheels going into all sorts of different directions, for me in my life, when I remember that sermon when you gave it. I thought, when I need strength, I need to hear from the Lord. Because mm. as soon as that happens, anything that I'm going through finds its proper place in terms of, oh, okay, this is right, this is okay, you know? Yeah. Um, and any major thing that I've ever gone through in my life, if I don't hear from the Lord, I find myself really tired because I'm going, yeah. I don't know where to go. I'm running over yeah. here and I'm running over there. When the Lord's going, no, I want you to go over here, it just helps you. I mean, I think in the world right now, we get so caught up in, can I even do anything about the economic things going mm. on? Well, no, mo most of those things we have no control over. And we start spinning our wheels in all sorts of areas. But when the Lord calls you to something, it brings this focus to you where you go, yeah. oh, okay, I could lean in here. And a lot of people that are tired, they, they don't know what the Lord's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And to just pause enough to go, and you created some space that week, yeah. just pause enough mm -hmm. to go, okay, Lord, what are you saying right now so I know where to run? Yeah. And it's like consolidating your strength towards yes. one thing. I don't know if yeah. it's you or what I remember. Some, I think it was Tammy did the study on all of us, like yeah. what our brains do. <laughs> and were you the one that had like super small focus? Yes. But like yeah, tons was, of capacity. Yeah. But it had, you had to remain somewhat focused. I'm very focused. She said, I'm yeah. like a surgeon. I like yeah. And it's true. When my kids were little, I was dangerous. If I got into a project, they could be bleeding and screaming. <laughs> and I would have no, like I'd have to rip myself out uh, of it and go, what's going on? But yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that, fans. but that is like when we can like, we're just bleeding out strength everywhere mm. until the Lord says, I want you to go and focus on this. Yeah. Yeah. And once we can do that, then we're fighting the good fight mm -hmm. and we're not just yes. fighting, yeah. you know, cause there's lots of fights out there. Yes. I think there's, I think you said something that's so incredibly important and I don't want to miss that. You, you just talked about, well, one of the key elements in strengthening ourselves in the Lord is, is hearing from the Lord. And yeah. as you were saying that I was thinking back and I was thinking, yes, like that's like when I'm facing circumstances that are just too much. Mm -hmm. or I don't know what to do with, or that are just crushing. Yeah. You know, I've found strength in figuring out how to wait on the Lord. So I, I want to spend a little bit of time picking at that because yeah. when you say hear from the Lord, I'm putting on the hat of someone, you know, trying to put myself in the shoes of someone who doesn't, you know, work at a church and isn't a pastor or whatever. Sure. And we hear this question all the time. Like one of the top probably five or 10 questions that I hear from people, especially if they're new in their walk with the Lord is, how do you hear from the Lord? Yeah. And how do you know that it's God speaking? Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if we could spend a little bit of time just kind of answering that from where I'm sure we sure. all have a unique perspective and I'm sure yeah. we all have a response to that question as we hear it a lot. So maybe yeah. like Ryan, you sure. know, could you answer this? How do you hear from the Lord and how do you know it's the Lord that's speaking? I think um, a lot of time listening. And I, I think there's, for me, there's a lot that goes into an expectation of the Lord speaking. So even when you provide a little space in that sermon, I, I have to kind of take my mind and focus it on this truth that God wants to speak to me. He wants to make things clear. And I pull up my phone with the notes section or something. I have this expectation that God is going to speak. Mm. But I think there there's... Um, Years of getting familiar with the voice of the Lord, that's really important. Um, years of diving into the Word of God to know about His character mm. provides you a really good foundation. Um, but I've gotten, in, gotten into this place where, where I can hear the voice of the Lord and I know I know that that's what he's saying. Yeah. And it's these moments that you can't make it happen to. Some, like you have the expectation here from the Lord. Sometimes I'll hear something that I don't expect, you know. Um, but recently I was trying to figure out what there was, there was something that was going on in my life and I really needed to hear from the Lord. And for about a month, I didn't hear anything on that subject at all. And I remember I was, um, I was in a hotel room and I was getting out of the shower 
And I felt like the Lord was like, this is what I want you to do in this next season. It was so clear. And it was not in a moment where I didn't just listen to worship music. I like, I was probably trying not to wake my kids up because we were all in one room, you know. And the Lord spoke so clear, this is what I want you to do in this next season. So much so that I went and grabbed my journal and I wrote it down. I was like, okay, this is a word from the Lord. Um, and it's just trying to cultivate that expectation. Uh, one of the books I really love is um, hearing the voice, um, uh, Brother Lawrence, what is the book? Uh, practicing, practicing, the yeah. practicing the presence. Yeah, and he talks about how he chose to take all the menial tasks in the like the the group that he was living in. So he's washing dishes, and he said, "I started cultivating this expectation that I'm going to hear with from the Lord and talk to the Lord all day long, and not that I ever feel like I." have <laughs> fully reach that especially but, doing the dishes yes exactly especially doing the dishes but um but cultivating that expectation if the lord does want to speak to me and it may not be the time and it may not be the thing that i think he's going to speak to mm -hmm. me about but having that ear to heaven you know i yeah. think it's really important what about you david what, what did you say to your answer to this when someone comes and asks you how do i hear from god and how do i know that it's god bring me the ephod <laughs> that's what i say every yeah. single time dalton yeah, that um, Bring me the <laughs> I have I have just so many ephods that I, <laughs> yeah. in my closet, and yeah, I just so you know I, I have an ephod for this and an ephod <laughs> for that. Um, no, I mean the concept of the the ephod is interesting though, um, because there were certain stones and mm -hmm. and with the umum and the thumum, um, again it's there's a mystery to it. And, and, but they would somehow light up. Like one meant light and one meant like sweetness or brightness or something. Mm. And, mm. and so I, in, my, in my life and some major decisions, um, I feel like I've tried to use that verse, go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And, and connecting that with the kind of the lightness and the sweetness or the brightness. Um, you know, like when the Lord is directing me, when I'm hearing from the Lord, about a direction that I'm supposed to go, it's interesting because there there comes with that a joy and a peace, mm. and and it's it's not necessarily excitement. It's not necessarily oh this is what I wanted. Mm. Um, it's not like that. Like I'm getting my desire, but it, I remember actually when I was well, I guess I would be t about 23 years old, and I was living in Southern Oregon and. I wanted to be in Southern Oregon and I liked Oregon and yet everything I was trying to find a job I was trying to figure out what to do I had graduated high school I'd been in Ireland for or I mean graduated college and I'd been in Ireland for three months and and Mark Buckley the founding pastor of Living Streams was like hey why don't you come work with our youth down here hmm. and I was like Ugh. <laughs> you know because I had grown up in Phoenix and now I was in rivers and green yeah. green yeah. and all this and i had a lot of friends and so at that time i just was not into it i actually mark flew me down here i went and spoke at the youth group one time and it was just like you <laughs> still it was like just the Ugh. um and I, I but i was i was felt myself sinking into i mean i i don't say this lightly i and it was probably super beginning stages but a, a depression mm. Um, all the closed doors, all the uncertainty, um, not really knowing what I was supposed to do, losing mm -hmm. purpose um, there in Southern Oregon. And I just, I was sinking and it was funny. I just finally was like, all right, fine. <laughs> you know, I'm going to Phoenix. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't like the Lord told me to do that, but there was this confirmation where all of a sudden when I actually said it, it was, it was like the, the weight 
was just start, it just started to lift. And, it, mm. and there, was this, there was this joy and this peace. And again, there wasn't excitement, yeah. but there was this joy and this peace. It was like, oh, like that feels different. It was like my prayer landed or like yeah. the Lord's voice kind of like aligned with my heart. Mm. Um, and, and again, you know, I got here and things were fine, but yeah. I mean, now I'm really, really glad <laughs> yeah. that the Lord was directing me through closed doors there mm. and then guiding me through this this kind of joy and peace mm -hmm. um yeah. this light lightness yeah yeah that uh that coming to phoenix represented it worked out mm. for me because i was one of those youths <laughs> but uh yeah. I, I think for me when i when i hear that question you know what uh when people say, hey, how do you hear from the Lord? And how do you know that's all right? Like, I think some of the things that I like to say on that is, well, one, I, I think the Lord really does have so many ways that he can speak to us. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I notice if you pay attention to people who are close to the Lord, um, there seem to be some common things. But then every once in a while, someone's like, oh, it says like, oh, I hear from the Lord like that. And you're like, what do you mean? Yeah, I've never yeah. like, wow, that's interesting. Like that's mm. so different. And I think because the Lord has made each of us differently. And it's kind of yeah. like the whole love languages thing, right? Where it's like, yeah. you know, this idea that there are different ways that each of us tend to speak and, and receive love differently. Mm. And so when you want to love your wife, you pay attention to the fact that, you know, my wife, for example, one of her main love languages is gifts. It's not mine. I don't care. Gifts like yeah. whatever cool stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I want to love her. So I speak to her the way that she hears it. So I get her gifts all the time. And I think God knows that we we are each uniquely designed because he uniquely designed us. And so mm -hmm. he speaks to us in ways that are meaningful to us, in ways that we yep. can hear. But some of those common threads, um, I think, are, are what's common for me. I, I hear a lot of people experience where when I'm hearing from the Lord, oftentimes it kind of sounds like or feels like a thought or an emotion that yeah. is somehow supernaturally natural inside of my mind or my heart. And yet, like, I, I you, you you just have a sense that this is not me. It yeah. is different from me, you know. Mm -hmm. And I can I can, but it's again that kind of peace that you were talking about. That joy yeah. often comes with it. In times, especially the joy, sometimes when it's like I got no right having yeah. any joy or peace right now. Yeah. And yet there's there's that. So I think that's to me oftentimes what the Lord sounds like. It can be a thought or an image or like I said a, a, mm -hmm. a feeling. Yeah. Um, I know for me personally, when the Lord is being explicitly clear with me, and I'm like wanting to ignore my heart will actually start to pound i remember yeah. one of the first times i experienced that i was sitting at a coffee shop and the lord was telling me to invade this poor young couple's date and to go <laughs> say something to them and i was like sipping my coffee and i'm like no yeah like i'm having my coffee they're having a nice date like mm -hmm. absolutely not yeah. and i literally just felt like my heart was just pounding mm -hmm. and i wasn't going to be able to leave without yeah. either doing what the Lord is telling me to or having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's, I don't know, but I think that's maybe a I unique thing that for, for sure. Me. Yeah, yeah. You have that emotional response. Yeah. There's a, kind of the, a unique emotional response yeah. from the Lord. And, and I, especially if it's like a prophetic, I want you to do this thing right now. Yeah. That seems to hit me out of left field and I go, oh, oh, geez. Yeah. Are you sure right yeah. now? Yeah, you like know? I don't want to. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. for me, that's nice because when there's uncertainty, I, I tend to be able to feel like, okay, God, like, if you're going to have to do that, yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to do this, because yeah. otherwise like that's too crazy, you know, like, yeah. and maybe that's, and certainly that's and maybe it's the people too. Theory, like yeah. I, you know, I hear from the Lord often through mm -hmm. Mark Buckley. Yes. He's a great, you know, like second only to the Lord. I mean, I feel like uh, he's very prophetic. Those kind of prophetic mm -hmm. people that you trust, you know, faith would be another one of those, you know, faith mm -hmm. comings on our staff. Yeah. If I feel like I, I'm getting a nudge from the Lord in a certain direction, sometimes I'll run it through people mm -hmm. that I really, really trust yeah. or listening to the Lord, you yeah. know, and it does. You're, you're right. It happens 
in a very unique way yeah. for each one of us. Like, yeah. I think a little bit of like, you know, a submarine pinging. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like you send out these things and you're pinging not to get an exact coordinate, mm. but basically <laughs> to kind of get like, yeah. okay, we, we have we have this area is where we need to aim. Yeah. Because as we ping, you know, we, we see we see the clearance here. Or yeah. Whatever. What's yeah. coming back to me. And yeah. I, and I think what you're describing too, it's like, okay, well, I kind of feel like the Lord might be saying this. So we'll go ping it off somebody and see if it comes back. And when yeah. they say mm -hmm. it, it sounds the same or it makes me yeah. feel the same or whatever. Yeah. And oftentimes I think one of the hardest things to hear from the Lord is, especially when you're looking at your life going, okay, what are you calling me to? In my experience, one of the hardest things to hear from the Lord is, I want you to stay, you know? Um, and especially in your mm. 20s and 30s, it's like you're mm. you're experimenting a lot. You want to be in Oregon. You're like, Arizona's lame. <laughs> yeah. um, you're in a job and you feel you have a bad day or week or month or year, and you start going, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to go somewhere else. And then you hear the Lord say, but I want you to stay here, yeah. you know? Um, I think for for me, especially talking about strengthening our, ourselves in the Lord, it's those times where I feel I feel tempted to give up and go, okay, let's just go somewhere fresh and start some something new. Mm. And the Lord gives me a renewed strength to just keep doing what I'm doing, mm. um, which is it's hard sometimes to hear yeah. that from the Lord. And yet it's so refreshing. I could stay in my same place and go, okay, I have a renewed understanding mm. of why I'm here, or at least a renewed like like commitment yeah. to staying here because the Lord's spoken yeah. it, you know? Yeah, and when the other thing, I think another important place, I think we hit two of the really good ones, right? You can hear directly from the Lord. You can hear prophetically. Also the word of God, uh, obviously, yeah, like for sure. specifically the scriptures, like that's a great place to hear from the Lord because yes. it's literally, I mean, it's and it, and it creates a filter for us, right? Yeah. To say, well, I don't know if that thought or that feeling, I, I, I'm not sure if I mm -hmm. know yet whether that's the Lord or the weird yeah. pizza I ate last mm -hmm. night. Um, but if it if it looks like and sounds like what you see in the scripture and the character of God in there, that's yeah. a major indication that that it is. And if it looks like it doesn't harmonize with that, then you can say, well, that might have been the pizza. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and I think maybe the, the other, the maybe fourth place that I think is easy to define that we might hear from the Lord is in nature, right? Mm. There's general revelation. You can look into the world. You can look into mathematics and science and beauty and yeah. the sunset and the ocean and, you know, and the universe and all this. And you can see that God is declaring his goodness and speaking yeah. his word through those and, and and that can be apparent to us as we pay attention to those things and mm -hmm. um, and I think the last thing I would say kind of on that topic when it comes to you know how do you hear from the Lord yeah. um, it, I think it's just as important as how do you know it's the Lord right and mm -hmm. and, um, and I think particularly in American culture um, uh, in Western culture and other cultures like maybe Japanese culture that are really high strung mm -hmm. um, and really busy uh, it can be so hard because we are we're like frenetic, you know, mm -hmm. like we're just like so much motion, so much chaos, so much noise. busy, so much noise, yeah. you know, Fill like all the gaps. getting yeah. your, you know, getting your car, you're in line, you pop in your headphones and you listen to something or play mm -hmm. music or a podcast or whatever, you know, like, yeah. like we just don't wait and pause. And it's like, how do we expect to be able to hear God mm -hmm. if we can't? pause because although the Lord does sometimes speak in you know ways that cause your heart to thump or in the thunder more often than not it's it's that still small voice yeah and yeah. and he's whispering and I love this I, I don't remember who it was someone who came here years ago said this um, you know God is whispering mm. um, when someone is shouting what what do they want as relationally with you they want you to be far away right yeah, yeah, shouting yeah. you know 
connotes distance. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I'm yelling at you, I'm saying, get out of here, you mm-hmm. know, or I'm at least acknowledging a chasm. Yeah. But when someone whispers, mm-hmm. they want you to come close. Yes. You know, if you look to your kids and you said, hey, mm-hmm. I have a secret, <laughs> you know, you're wanting them to come right in and then you're probably going to tickle attack them or whatever, you know, you'd want to draw them in. So the Lord mm-hmm. is whispering because he wants us to draw near to him. And so if we're so busy and so loud and we can never hear the whispers, I don't know that we're gonna be able to hear him most of the time. And so I think it's vital to learn stillness, Mm -hmm. silence, solitude, waiting, pause, Mm -hmm. you know, carve out some time. I actually, just a minute ago, I I started doing this thing. um, An alarm went off on my phone because I started doing this kind of one o'clock call to prayer to just remind me a little alarm goes off my phone I got the little heartbeat buzz on there yeah, yeah, to just yeah. pause in the middle of the day because I've been so busy mm-hmm. and I'm getting sucked into the American crazy and it's yeah. like I'm just trying to implement a new spiritual discipline to wait yeah. for just a little bit you need space you yeah. need space in your life yeah. and it's a good uh, parental strategy I've yeah. been employing lately yeah. where I, instead of yelling at my kids I talk softer and I think it freaks them out a lot more yeah well <laughs> so we have this interesting thing that happened that I think a little later on we can talk I have some sure. nuggets from my sermon but uh, but one of this a really weird thing happened in my sermon um, where it just seemed to me uh, that one of the things that came up as I was prepping for my sermon was maybe to kind of briefly hit on um, kind of the tragedy and the grief of, of abortions yeah um and uh, it's funny, it was just something I, I remember, you know, we, if people who don't know, we, we have this process of kind of giving notes or I'll actually give kind of a, a rough recording of my message to, to you guys and to Jeff and Dan Riccio, one of the yeah. guys, one of the elders at our church and mm-hmm. get a little bit of feedback. And I didn't think much of it, um, but I heard from, I think from all three of you, you were like, hey, you can't just like low-key, you know, mention that <laughs> and then not pause on that and, yeah. and not, you know, yeah. leave some space there. and. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up spending more time talking to the Lord about that and processing that. And I yeah. think it ended up being the Lord did some really, really cool stuff on that Sunday. Yeah. Um, and that was the Sunday before uh, the Supreme Court leak. Yeah. Um, yes. Which was yeah. all sorts of weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, Supreme and Court leak on Roe v. Wade. On yeah, Roe v. Wade. Wade. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the yeah. only Supreme Court leak that's ever happened in the yes. history of, you know, our nation. So yeah. Uh, yeah. that was... I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> well, there's honest. those moments, right, where we're like, church is our job. And sometimes it feels like we know what to do. You know, there's Sunday morning. We have our meeting. We know how to, like, organize. Obviously, we're, we're praying into our sermon and all of that. This was one of those just, for me, a good reminder of the Lord is with us. Mm. Because we couldn't have ever known what was going to happen the next week. And I remember we were talking about it. And... And you said, do you think I should even broach the subject? Mm. And I said, I think you should. And mm. I, don't, I don't know why, but I think you should. Um, and then to have that leak happen the next week, I, it was like, oh, we've already kind of laid a little bit of a foundation to talk about this. And it's not something that we have talked a ton about in our church. Mm. And so it felt a little bit like a very clear moment where the Lord yeah. was like, I want you to start engaging into this conversation yeah. here. Um, and it's and it's tough. We're always trying to figure out: is this, you know, our church wading into politics, or is politics yeah. wading into the church world? Mm-hmm. And I think this is clearly one of those issues where politics is wading into yeah. the church world. It's wading into a, mm-hmm. a, a moral area where yeah. we could talk about it. But statistically, so many women have gone through abortions, and men too are in that equation mm-hmm. as well. I, like I was telling you, I'm like. 
as we're talking about it, we have to know that there are people sitting in front of us that have gone through that, and mm-hmm. it's really painful. So to 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 pause and say, Lord, give me the the right words because this is a tragedy and it is hard. But if you've gone through it, there's grace for you. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's there's no no sin that that Jesus can't redeem. Yeah. But but we have to talk about this thing on a societal level that somehow we've said is okay and we know that it is a tragedy i thought what was really felt like it was so very much the spirit leading us in that kind of jesus way of like well is it option a or b and he says it's option like five (laughs) not even the same he just throws a wrench in it and and i feel like like our society and certainly the our politics like they present us an a or b Mm. you know and both of them are just dripping in anger and vitriol yeah um and and to some extent understandably on either side sure um but I, what I really felt like, uh, what I think all of us as we were chatting about it and processing it and hearing from the Lord on it, the Lord was calling us into was, was not that, mm-hmm. um, but was the reality of like, hey, we're a church and we're pastors and we're a community yeah. and there are hurting people mm-hmm. who ha- are, are really wrestling with grief and painful like life circumstances that yeah. are all mixed up in this conversation. And mm. I think it's so important that, you know, we spend some of us probably more than, than is healthy, you know, a bunch of time listening to these talking heads about sure. politics on YouTube or the news or whatever. And, and those people, their job is to get you angry, yeah. you know, and, and they are angry. And, mm. um, and that's not necessarily healthy, even if it's mm. sometimes over something we should be angry about, because sure. what happens sometimes on these topics is when we forget that there are people, yeah. involved in these topics and it's yeah. not just a political discourse mm. uh, then all of a sudden we 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 build walls to them coming to Jesus you know yes. so for example yeah. if we talk about abortion and we point out with vitriol and anger you know fuming how how evil and how wrong and how bad it is and how it's murdering babies as true as any of that may be yeah we forget that there are women sitting in the pews who've had an abortion or who yeah. are considering it, yeah. you know, and that there's grief to be had mm-hmm. and, and that the church needs to be a safe place. I, I recently read a book by Nancy Piercy, who has quickly mm-hmm. become one of the authors I, I respect more than most. Mm-hmm. Um, her book called Love Thy Body gets into a lot of things about kind of, you know, sexual identity and ideology and, yeah. um, and then the truth that comes under and how the Christian worldview actually values the human body more than the secular worldview. Yeah. And she hits a section where she's talking about abortion. And she says one of the most tragic things, I'm totally paraphrasing, don't remember her, her quote there, but she says one of the most tragic things is that the church is the least safe place for a woman to process the grief of having had an abortion. Sure, um, that so many women in the church have had abortions and they won't, and they feel horrible about it. Yeah. and no one next to them sitting in the pews has any idea. Yeah, and um, even if the church is a safe place, what pop culture and media would tell these women is that the church is not a safe place. Sure. And so we have that uphill battle to, to prove to somebody, mm-hmm. hey, the, the, there is redemption for this. Yeah. And and that was the thing for us. It's like spurred this initial conversation. And even the story of like, by, by the time I was my sermon, which I didn't really have a sermon, but I was uh, doing the mom's panel for Mother's Day, the Roe v. Wade thing came down uh, right before Mother's Day. And we pained a lot about that. I, I was sending text messages going, this is what I think I should say. And then I had somebody go, don't say anything about that. It's Mother's Day. Like, let it just be a nice yeah. Mother's Day thing. And this is a little bit of the wrestling if you're watching from home, like the wrestling that we go through on a Sunday morning. What should we say? And I felt like this is one of the most major court cases in our in our in recent history. Mm-hmm. And so we should say something about it. 
Um, we don't need to wallow in it. But the safest place to be in is to be praying for our country mm-hmm. in this place of there's division, there's people that can get violent on either side, everything else. Um, but to, to be able to call that out and mm-hmm. say, let's pray for our country that we can all get not just a change in law, but yeah. a change in heart for our community and for our country to say, no, we value life because God created it that way. But then on top of that, I had a, um, a woman on the panel that I didn't pick because of this at all. It was just somebody who had a really great story. We had a great connection. Uh, Jen Bishop was on, on the panel and she, in her story of not being able to have children, eventually started working for Choices Pregnancy Center. And she had this beautiful story of going, the pain of not being able to have children for some reason led her into this place where she's ministering to women who have had abortions or are about to get an abortion. And there was something strangely in that, like in the spirit of God that made sense to to me. Mm -hmm. And to have her to be able to talk to that speaks a lot louder than, you know, any of anything that I could have said on that morning. No, and I think you said something that was really, really important to hone in a little bit too. The church is a lot safer than yeah. than it seems, and and yeah. I, I think what I was trying to say is that our the way we talk about it will make people might confuse people into thinking that it's sure. we're less safe than we are. Yeah, you know the way you hear someone politically engaging in political discourse within the church about abortion might make you think that person's not safe to admit that I've had an abortion too. Yeah, but I think you would be shocked to find that they would be incredibly safe, that you would sure. find comfort and and, mm. and solace and that they would grieve with you more often than not. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that there aren't people in the church who who would respond very un-Jesus-like in, sure. that, in that space. Yeah. But um, Most of the people that I know that really do love yeah. Jesus, they're a yeah. safe place. But it's an important so. warning for us to remember that the way we engage in political discourse also affects our capacity to minister to people yeah. who are involved in those issues. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, And in your message, what I liked was you abortion was... Uh, especially at that time before the the Supreme Court leak, like you were you were teaching something and then you were using this one example mm. of abortion as that, and you were talking about the triumph or the tragedy, you know yeah. so from some people, they look at the 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 ability to escape the consequence of a sin, mm-hmm. like a sexual immorality sin that you know bears a child um that's a triumph yeah mm-hmm. that now in some ways our scientific our humanistic power has now removed a consequence yeah um and i mean obviously it's so hard to say that a child is a consequence but yeah. i think everyone can understand the challenge of that and so someone might be getting an abortion to avoid the lasting ramification mm-hmm. of of a sexual sin yeah and and so you're you were just trying to say hey We've got to we've got to come all the way back to the mm-hmm. beginning, yeah. mm-hmm. where we where we're not having an argument down this road. Right yeah. now, obviously, there are things to decide and there are challenges because people have gone down roads. Mm-hmm. But if you start at the very beginning of the road, mm-hmm. it's Jesus is warning us and challenging yeah. us, you know, about sin because there are consequences, mm-hmm. and yes. and it is not a triumph. Mm-hmm. To sin and not have a consequence—that's yeah. mm-hmm. actually a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because yeah. the consequences are there to you know bring us back to the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All these things. So I—I I mean, that was just—I mean, it was a great point, and it was—but it was heart wrenching mm-hmm. a bit. Yes, you know, because we've all. 
we've all sinned, you know, yeah. we've all, we've all had to go to a place. And I, someone told me one time that, um, you, you can pick your sin, but you don't get to pick the consequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's like yeah. one of the most ominous things in the world. But mm-hmm. to deepen that even further is you can pick your sin, but you can't pick your consequence. And the truth is you can't pick who suffers the consequence yeah. either. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because oftentimes our sin does more damage to those around yeah. us than mm-hmm. it even does to ourselves. Yeah. And in yeah. the case of abortion, mm-hmm. the damage that is done, obviously there's damage done to people that are involved, but the taking of a, you know, a life yeah. Yeah. is a damage that, you know, you didn't intend for your child to suffer the consequence of your sin, but you don't get to choose mm. yeah. who yeah. suffers. And that's yeah. where the that's where the tragedy of it all is. Mm. But you pause in that moment to say, it doesn't matter where you are on side of this issue. It doesn't matter where you are inside of your mm. experience with this. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, thinking about abortion, if you've had an abortion, you've had multiple abortions, and you paused right there to speak the gospel, yeah. the good news to all those people. And you even prayed, you like paused for a minute and prayed. And that was just what's so beautiful is we've got to uphold the truth. We've got to we've got to heed the warnings of, yeah. of scriptures. But then we also have grace on the other side because yes. because yeah. we've all fallen short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that was so beautiful. And that, but then that's what was so unique about it was then the next day, yeah. as you had you had used this as an example, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the whole world was talking about. Which yeah. you would you would use an example as far was as was it the next abortion. day? Yeah, I think it was. It was, it was, it was, it was like the next day or two. It was, it was definitely before Tuesday. Yeah, I think it was, it was Monday. It, it may have even been that yeah. night. But yeah, but wild. then sitting with you, that's what was so fascinating. It was like, okay, Ryan, mm. you know, Alec, Alec took a gamble, feeling prompted by the Spirit to use this as an example to preach something that was important, and he mm. did it delicately, and then the next day you know, this whole thing is erupted and that was what was yeah. so crazy. And it's Mother's Day and like <laughs> yeah. Mother's Day is coming. And yeah. so, I mean, I think that's, you know, engaging in society's pain is yeah. a big part, tenet of our church. And mm-hmm. and and so that was what you tried to do was say, okay, yeah. well, we want we want to be truth. We want to be about the truth and what is good and what is right. But yeah. we also want to engage in the pain. And so you're able to do that. And yeah. Um, and I'm excited because I mean this is a little preview, but yeah. we're hoping one day to have uh, Diana Herman. Yes, you had to. Do a I podcast was going to say that. Yeah, it's so important because I think we need to do a long form. She's discussion ob- about she's this. she's OBGYN. Yeah, she's had an abortion. Yep, she's ministered to people at that point. She's very very yeah. pro life, extremely mm-hmm. pro life at this point because she's lived it. She's breathed it. She's She's educated yeah. it. She, I mean, she's just been down that mm-hmm. whole gamut. Yeah. So I think that will be so fascinating, especially yeah. as this continues to snowball. In our we want to do a long form conversation because I think it yeah, warrants true, it, yeah. you know. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, I found myself again going, we're not trying to make a political stance. Yeah. And we, we, we know there is something unique about abortion, but then even on a communication level. But what is it? What is it yeah. that's unique about, about this thing? Um, and for me, even going to Jeremiah, going, the Lord called Jeremiah even in the womb. And David going, you knit me together in my mother's womb. There's something so purposeful about life. At the end of the day, any of the schemes of the enemy come down to steal, kill, and destroy. And to me, I go, this life issue, whether it's preborn life or, or not, it's even a, a value of your own life mm-hmm. of going, I had purpose 
before I was even knit together. I'm like, how amazing is that? There's nothing else, no other philosophy in the world that can give you that sort of purpose in your life yeah. of understanding. You were created, you were created on purpose, and you were knit together before you even took your first breath. Yeah. And to me, I think that's where we land, where it's like, we're not trying to make a political issue here, but we're trying to elevate the value of the life of a human being, yeah. not just the unborn life of the human being, but ourselves. And I think there is this, and I, I don't want to go down too, too far on this tangent, but in a culture that is very pro-choice, what we would call it, it starts to not just devalue that life, it starts to devalue your own life. Mm -hmm. And there starts to become more and more of a, then why am I even here? If I was just yeah. at the whim of my mom to choose or mm -hmm. not choose, uh, it, it affects us too that are here and breathing on earth. Yeah. And just coming back to the, that idea that the Lord cares very much about each yeah. one of us and has designed us on purpose. Yeah. You know? That's one of the things actually on that, on what you were bringing up from my message that I at, had a little nugget that I wanted to share, but didn't quite, you know, needed to keep things tight. Yeah. Um, but it, I wanted to go into a little bit more the fact that it's like there are these secondary, and I might have said it in one of the services, I can't remember, but there are these secondary and tertiary consequences. Mm -hmm. And the further down the line you get in consequences for your sin, the less obvious that the root is the sin. Yeah. Right? So sure. when you, yeah. you know, when you, when you talk about um, oh, the obvious consequences of, you know, sexual immorality might be like, oh, a, a child you didn't expect or an STD or something sure. like that, yeah. you know. And But if you deal with those, well, now you, you've gotten rid of the primary consequences, but the second, secondary consequences might be something like instability in your relationship, yeah, right? If you sure. are in a relationship where you've been sleeping together without a covenant, um, you might not realize that the fact that you're constantly jealous and constantly afraid mm. of every any single person who could possibly be a threat to that relationship, mm. you might not realize that that's because you've actually been sleeping with each other outside of the covenant of marriage. Yeah. Because if you can say to your to to your loved one, "Hey, you and I, we remain faithful to each other and to the Lord before we were married. We chose not to sleep together." Mm. And so now, ten years down the road, when we're married, and there's you know a coworker that's more attractive to me, and we yeah. happen to be having a hard time in our marriage at this particular you know moment in time mm. i'm not threatened because you didn't sleep although you loved me yeah passionately uh you didn't sleep with me before there was a covenant mm. so i have that much more evidence that tells me that sure. you won't sleep with that coworker yeah. without a covenant now that doesn't yeah. mean that you can't still but mm. i don't have evidence but it but it reverse that and we've been sleeping before we were married mm -hmm. now all of a sudden we're in this scenario 10 years down the road there's this co-worker i now have evidence that tells me you very well might sleep with that person sure yeah and and then it gets for and then you know tertiary consequences your kids growing up mm. in an unstable home because you and your spouse are scared yeah. of what's going to happen in your marriage you know and then mm. it, and then it just goes on and on and on down and societal and you can't trace it back yeah to the root cause. Mm. It's like having a weird disease yeah. that's got weird stuff going on and you need Dr. House to figure out where it came from <laughs> yeah. because you've done such a good job masking the obvious yeah. symptoms. Well, and it, all, it all boils back down to Genesis, right? Did God really say that? Mm. You know, And ultimately, I think that's the, like when we're looking at sin and the various consequences that happen of it, you have to be able to see it for what it is and it's from yeah. the enemy and like mm -hmm. I said to steal kill and destroy is the ultimate goal of the enemy I don't care mm -hmm. what sin it is that you're you're operating in it is designed to take you down yeah. and the enemy is real sneaky in the way he does it he's like did God really say that you know mm -hmm. um, but we got to know that not only in your life and in your kids lives but you fast forward a few generations and it starts to have a societal effect mm -hmm. and you see that at play now I'm convinced anytime I run into something I'm like how did we get here well I know I could probably trace it all 
all the way back and it's like a Genesis chapter three sort of situation, but it's like, it feels confusing. How did we get here? How did we get to the place where people are walking into stores and just stealing everything and they think it's okay? It seems so confusing. Like what laws can we pass? But at the end of the day, it, it has a moral root to yeah. it, and you can't control the consequences yeah. of that moral root. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the moral, the moral root, the moral fabric. Yes, of our nation is just such an interesting state right now. But mm-hmm. on, on the abortion issue, that I mean, Diana's just been so helpful yeah. because she's so pro mom. I mean, yes. she's given her life to OBGYN and study there. She's mm. so pro mom. She's so pro baby. Yes. She's so yeah. pro baby. She's so pro, you know, truth. She's pro grace. She's pro forgiveness. Mm. She's pro getting involved. She's pro yeah. education. She's pro legislation. Yeah. She's pro everything. Yeah. She's just like, this pro is a doctor. very I mean, she important, was like, important yeah. issue, right? Yeah. This is a familial, this is a, this is a, a an, an identity issue mm-hmm. that, you know, that people, yeah, people just need a lot, a lot of help a lot of love and it's yeah. there's complications no doubt about it but mm. it's just it's been it's been so fun to kind of listen she's my aunt by yeah, the way, so yeah. I got the inside and we'll, and we'll unpack more of that because yeah. I talked to her on the phone for like a half an hour I was like we've got to do a she's podcast great. with you because yeah. this is awesome yeah. 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 yeah and at the end of the day we're a bunch of dudes so yeah, yeah. It's, yes. it's great to she's, have she's yeah. from there. but I, yeah. I thought Alec you handled it you handled mm-hmm. it well and, and then the response after the service so even though you had a response right in the middle of the service, which was unique, mm-hmm. there was a response out like if you yeah. if you'd like to come forward for prayer. And again, I don't know everyone's story, mm-hmm. but there were definitely ladies up front in yeah. tears yes. getting ministered to, sh- proving that the church was a very safe place for yeah. them to yes. to come forward in that moment. And yeah. we got a lot more work to do yeah. as a church for sure. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I, I guess while we're on the still on that that message, because that's what I mean. This I got the the nerdy things, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. The judges is, with the is, Samson. I feel like every time I preach, I say this is the best book of the Bible. <laughs> you know, this is sure. just well, I'm mm-hmm. I'm working on my message on Job, and I'm. It's coming out of my mouth, I'm sure, on Sunday because it's yeah. just. But the Bible, really, it's just, it's beautiful. It really you know, is. It really yeah. is like it. And like, even if I didn't know and love Jesus, you know what I mean. And I was just like a like a literature nerd, yeah. you know. And the Book of Judges is no exception to that. Um, mm. It has these layers, and I was able to hit on that a good amount uh, with kind of these weird patterns that, that that are just beautiful that happen with the word ayin for I, and you know, with yeah. the word uh, ra for uh, for evil and ra, which means to so see. Cool. Or, yeah. Yeah, it's just I, I flipped those words, but I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's absolutely nuts what happens there that these patterns of these words happen, and so the the mm. idea in the Book of Judges is that the author of Judges wove eyesight and vision mm. into every corner, every nook and cranner, cranny mm. of cranner, uh, every nook and cranny of <laughs> the book. Too, yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, and, and and so I talked about how that culminates in Samson, right? You have yeah. this theme of, you know, everyone did was evil in the eyes of the Lord and that word mm. evil, right? It actually sounds like the word for to see. Yeah. Um, or was right in their own eyes. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. And everyone did, sorry, they, yeah, mm. they did what was right yeah. in their own eyes is when it gets, uh, yeah. gets to the worst, right? And then it yeah. culminates, there's actually this arc I didn't get to spell out mm. that I, I think is beautiful because the judges uh, in the book of Judges, the way they're composed, they actually start with judges where there's nothing wrong with them as far as we can. Of course, they're not perfect human beings. Yeah. Uh, but Othniel, the first judge that we hear about, I think his name means like lion or something like mm. that. And there's nothing, there's, we don't hear a lot about him, but there's nothing negative to say about him at all. And then as we progress, we get judges who have something that is wrong in the eyes of society, but not in the Lord, right? Mm. So we have Ehud, who's left-handed, which, you know, that's your wiping hand, you know, back then, so it's a problem. <laughs> Sorry, left-handed people. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, it's a thing. Um, 
And so, but there's nothing wrong with that, sure, but there's something yeah. very wrong in the eyes of society. And then mm-hmm. we have Deborah, right? Who's a mm-hmm. woman, nothing wrong in the eyes of the Lord, but something wrong in the eyes of society there. And yeah. then we progress on and we get Gideon, who's like kind of in the middle there, like God's calling you, know, the angel of the Lord is calling him like a, you know, mighty valiant man, but he's hiding, you know, yes. and he's like very unsure. Well, he's the least and, of all the tribes. Yeah, the yeah. And he's just kind of a, a bit of a weenie, you know, yeah. but, but the Lord's using him and, and there's nothing mm. really wrong with that. The Lord strengthens him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then we end up with Jephthah, right? Who's the son of a prostitute. So something wrong in the eyes of society, but not wrong in the eyes of the Lord. Mm. Um, but then he starts doing some weird stuff, right? He actually names one of his kids. My father is the king. Like he's kind of <laughs> vying for kinghood. Yeah. And, and he's got this band of like, sketchy guys that he uses to leverage uh, things for control of the, of the mm. nation of Israel. And mm. then the most tragic thing happens, right? This is the, probably the part of the story from Jephthah that we remember, right? He says, if I, it tells the Lord, if I go win this war, you know, and I come back, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a sacrifice. And, and, and I don't know if you remember what he says that I'm going to sacrifice, but he says, I'll sacrifice the first thing I see, see. Yeah. when I come home. Mm-hmm. And so what happens, his daughter meets yeah. him. And she's the first thing he sees, and mm. and and the and the author just kind of leaves an ellipses there, just kind of cuts to black. Yeah. You know, we don't sure hear it happens. said that yeah. that he sacrifices his daughter, but to be honest, when I look at it, I think he does. Yeah, and I think the author just doesn't. It's like I just can't show that. You can't know? even I bear can't to even write, write that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think what the author is showing us is things are getting worse and worse and worse, and now we have a judge. Mm. in some ways is doing the will of the Lord, but in other ways is profoundly confused about the mm. character of God. God did sure. not say to do this. God did not desire that. He did not bless it. It is mm. crystal clear throughout the entirety of scripture. This is not a good thing. Yeah. And then after this guy, we get Samson mm. who does nothing right yeah. who is just a bad <laughs> dude and then after him it gets even worse I mean yeah. we have stories yeah. that in, in, include sexual assault and murder and, mm. and and civil war and it's just it's 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 dark and it's gross after Samson yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but w- one thing I think that was kind of interesting to talk about when you and I when you were giving me feedback on my on my message we had a little bit of a disagreement that I said well this is fun like let's let's put a bit in this and save it for the podcast yeah. but yeah. at the end of Samson's life right he gets his eyes gouged out again mm. holding with that theme Mm-hmm. Um, and he's taken to the temple of Dagon, the Philistine god, right? Um, and then Samson cries out to the Lord um, and, and repents in some way. But then he says to the Lord, I, I, you know, he says, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but he basically says, Lord, would you give me, would you give me strength again so mm-hmm. that I can be avenged? Mm. Uh, for my eyes Mm. Um, and the little disagreement we had was you know I I think it's solid to say that he was there was some repentance there but I I I remember that you know and I don't remember where in the Old Testament but it says very explicitly very clearly vengeance is mine says the Lord Mm. Um, and so I think even I think my take is that even in his repentance Samson was still off. Obviously, the Lord heard him, and I think that the mm. beautiful message there is that no matter how messed up you are, and even if your motives are a little bit yucky and, and mixed, the Lord will still hear you. Yeah. But even yeah. in that moment, I mean, it was vengeance. It's questionable. He was going for sure, and not and not justice, and not what the Lord yeah. was doing. And what was your take, David? Well, I mean, the the idea for me was he was saying that that in that moment, Samson was wrong mm-hmm. or was tainted. And again, mm-hmm. obviously, that's totally possible. But the whole culmination of the story to me was his hair was growing again. Mm-hmm. So he was honoring the Lord with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he had much choice. He couldn't see. But yeah, but again, yeah. the, the author's using these things to say, 
that something was happening between Samson and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even to the point at that moment where he says, he says that, that prayer, Lord, strengthen me so that I can bring a vengeance for my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole call of God upon Samson's life was to defeat the Philistines. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sure. the whole book of Judges, actually yeah. more than just, just Judges, but, mm-hmm. but the, the people of God were not meant to be slaves yeah. to those who are not the people of God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, David kills Goliath, who's a Philistine, and mm-hmm. now Samson yeah. is yeah. kind of carrying up that whole thing. And mm. the call on Samson's life is to set the Israelites free from the oppression of the Philistines. Mm-hmm. And Samson does so in yeah. part, little mm-hmm. bits here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, he beats up 30 Philistines and takes their clothes because yeah. they have to pay off a debt. Yeah. You know, he kills a 1,000 Philistines with mm-hmm. the donkey's jawbone. Yeah. And, and again, this mm-hmm. is... This is harsh and crass to our ears yeah. mm. to hear about all this killing. And sure. I totally understand that. But yeah. contextually back then in the dog-eat-dog world, mm. like it was kill or be killed. Mm. And we're talking about people who were you know, truly enslaved and yeah. many of them had been killed mm. by the Philistines. And now in order to right that ship, mm. you know, there, there was bloodshed. And so yeah. anyways, that, that's a tricky thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you just have these stories throughout Samson's life. So ultimately, Samson was now, in my opinion, back on track. Mm, he was mm. back in line with the will of God for his life. Mm. And and the vengeance thing, yeah, I mean, I don't know if his, if, if his prayer was 100% perfect, but he knew yeah. that God was wanting to bring vengeance, to mm. bring justice mm-hmm. mm. to the people of Israel, and God wanted to use him to do it. Yeah. And so in that prayer, I think he was actually, hmm. you know, in line with the Lord's heart, praying a prayer that God felt like he could answer. And, the, and then the proof of that is that he had the strength. So ultimately, yeah. it wasn't Samson that killed sure. yeah, the Philistines. Sure, yeah. It was the strengthening of the Lord that allowed him to push those pillars mm-hmm. out that created mm-hmm. the opportunity mm-hmm. to defeat, you know, the the upper echelon, the mm-hmm. ruling yeah. class of the Philistines in that in that moment. And and so mm-hmm. again, I think there's in all of in Samson's whole story, and I love what you were saying about judges, like kind of building up for it's like a little cleaner triumph. To messier and messier mm-hmm. triumph to where we're not even sure if this is triumph or tragedy <laughs> yeah. anymore, yeah. because that's what happens when we do what is right in our own eyes. Mm-hmm. We just get way off. Yeah. But I, but I do think the author is trying to say, Samson was off from day one. Mm-hmm. But even in his brokenness, even yeah. in his yes. blindness, even in his weakness, even in his bondage, mm-hmm. his hair mm-hmm. began to grow. Was yeah. saying like something was happening yeah. between him and his heart, and then. And then the power of the Lord was released to do that. That's one thing I love about our team. And just for anybody listening, uh, they obviously are doing a deep dive into this (laughs) thing. But but behind the scenes for us, and this is what I love for teaching team, like there's a lot of this that happens, you know, like Mm. we're diving into something and we don't always fully agree on everything, but it's fun conversation. We're wrestling around with it. And I think that's what ultimately makes the sermons better after we did some wrestling, you know? But occasionally there's things like this where you go, well, I don't know. It could have been this way. It could have been that way, yeah. Splitting some, Hairs. We're splitting think, some hairs. I don't think Jephthah hairs. killed his daughter either, because yeah. the virgins yeah. continue oh. to visit her. But, uh, yeah, but, but anyway. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I, you know. But, but <laughs> I, I mean, I agree. I think the point. <laughs> Let's that, break fellowship. That's, that's I it. think that's why for me, where I'm like, I lean more towards it was it was because it's. I mean, it's really we're splitting a tiniest qualitative hair. Sure. Yeah. Because the point well, is and, that and, well, in all of his mess, God is still yes. Like I'm going to use you. And well, the truth that you draw from that. Mm-hmm. is what's important right? yes like exactly the nuance obviously none of us know yeah like yeah. we're we're trying to interpret 
an extremely ancient text yes. that's been passed down through multiple translations and multiple generations yeah. to yeah. us. And we're guessing at the intention of the author. Yeah. yeah. So we have that's what, but that's mm. the careful work that we have to do. That's the mm. fun work that we get to do, yeah. kind of like on our own and in and in these yeah. things. But yeah. when it comes to actually declaring, mm. this is what we know the Lord is saying out yeah. of this. Yes. That's where you you nailed it. On well, yeah, yeah. When you can compare it to you know the man who comes to Jesus and says, "I, b- I believe, help my unbelief." You know, mm. does God hear an imperfect repentance? Does a God hear when when you know that like when you mm. can even see or even when you can't see that in your heart, your motives aren't all lined up the way they should be, but yeah. there's just a little bit that's that's right where God needs it. Yes. You know? So does, does, does Samson repent in that moment? Yeah, by some sliver of a definition, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And is that enough? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Apparently yeah. that's how merciful and gracious That's God the good is. news of the Bible too, is yeah. it's like, it is not a whitewashed book with a bunch mm-hmm. of perfect people. No. And, and in some ways it's kind of makes us makes our job hard when we're wrestling around with it, like going, okay, was this right or that? Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's the thing that's so beautiful about it. You go, well, am I imperfect too? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this gives me a lot of hope that God could use somebody like and that. Does, you know? And does the sermon that I'm preaching right now leave a lot of questions in a lot of people's minds? Yes. <laughs> Just well, like those Bible writers. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, dude, you know, we're going through Job and I'm going to be so careful not to talk about Job because I have so much to say about it. Um, we'll, we'll save it for next time. But it's a very Im- imperfect, yeah. you know, sort of not imperfect how do I want to say it it's a very real story mm-hmm. with with theological points that create a lot of tension mm-hmm. and some of those things you go well if God didn't want any tension at all he could have made this a lot cleaner and a lot easier mm-hmm. uh, and oh, yet he yeah. felt like it was the best way to communicate his heart to humans to create some like I don't really know I'm wrestling around with that you know yeah, and funny. that's good and after Jeff's message on the last week when he was on the ladder and all yeah. those things he mentioned something in there um, about President Biden. <laughs> I can't remember what it what it was. I, I actually don't even remember what it was. But yeah. But Jeff, you know, we all know Jeff is very, you know, mo- like moderate. He's sure. He's, yep. he, he's really pro, you know, Democrat Republican. Like he's very careful about all of that. He's very, mm-hmm. you know, um, he's he's not one way or the other. He's not real strong one way or another. He, he yeah. he's got his ideas, but he's very very considerate in that but when he said that i got an email mm-hmm. i got it i got an email david stockton got an yes. email and said hey when you preached on sunday you said this <laughs> <laughs> so first of all it wasn't me yeah but i still take the heat somehow okay, sure um and and they were saying when you said this it just you know all of my kind of antenna went up that you were very i think what it, i think in this one it was you're against Biden or like mm. you, and they were just sure. saying, is this a little politically charged church? And mm. this is my first Sunday. And it felt mm. like you were kind of, you know, speaking bad about a certain side of a political party. And sure. it was just so funny because my email was fun. I was like, well, I'm not quite sure how to say this, but that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, that's not what he was intending. Yeah. And thirdly, like I was, well, but I copied Jeff on it. So he got, when you're communicating and, and we're all keenly aware of that, <laughs> yeah. you're like, when you use that word, yeah. what did you mean by yeah. that word? And some of that is a call for us to make sure that we're above board in terms of being so careful in how we communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you can't quite control how somebody reads through a word mm-hmm. and you've got to unpack that a little bit more. And in this, just like you were saying, this very charged environment we're in, it's so tough. People yeah. throw it out immediately like, I know what you're saying. And you go, well, I don't even know if I was fully aware of what I was yeah. trying to say here. Well, you that's know? why I, people think I'm joking and they laugh every time and that's nice. But I'm like, 
On this one, I'm going to say something and go ahead, feel free to email me yes, afterwards yeah. because I know this like I yes. know this one can be misconstrued. Yes. There's all these other things I don't even know if they can be misconstrued, but email <laughs> me on those. Cue up the email, write problem with yeah, sermon in the yeah. subject line, and then, yeah. then I'll send and, my thing. And, and as long as someone is saying, hey, yeah. this hit me this way, sure, and I just want to unpack that a little bit, um, and not saying, "Oh, you big this or that," or like mm-hmm. you know, like it's like, come on. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, find out first if I said what you thought I said, yes. and then you can blow me out. You know, <laughs> yes, like yeah. at, that, at that point, you could start firing. But but at least check first. And so I love those emails when they come. They're like, "Okay, I heard this." And it kind of made me think this. And is this what you were saying? And, tell yes, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell the truth. I yeah. mean, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I intend. And then totally. fire away. I don't care. But yes. just don't, yeah. you can't fire first. It's the, it's the assuming <laughs> you know what someone's motivations are that are always so hard. And it's tough. That's part of what we do, right? We're communicating yes. and we're inviting people to say they think, and sh- hopefully we're communicating what we're intending. And you know, assume that's, <laughs> we miscommunicate. But also. assume that we <laughs> miscommunicate. <laughs> At least ask the questions. <laughs> give us the chance to, to yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So. Ryan, I'm curious if there was anything again you, you like yeah just the schedule landed you didn't have uh you know yes. you didn't end up getting slotted in for a sermon on here but but again you did have that panel that was really powerful sure. and you put a like you already mentioned you know you put a lot of thought into that panel for which sure is so interesting you know like yeah. it's funny how sometimes you do something and people are like oh this will be easier but it's like actually it's it's oh, i was exhausted it's, that it's day. more work yeah. to make sure especially in light of you know what i handed you and all yeah. that but it's one uh, thing to worry about how you're gonna say something yeah. it's another one to set somebody else up and go i don't know how they're gonna say this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. alone, there's a three of them let alone the, yeah all of us yeah i think you know the mom's panel was we call it the resilient mom's panel we tried to find people that didn't just have a perfect story so yeah. uh faith uh cummings has talked a lot about her her divorce and her husband who was uh, abusive and so for her to come through that uh, and then come out on the other side I think we're always uh, we're always going through life and we hit these tragedies and we go do I decide to lean more into the Lord or do I decide to walk away from the Lord and faith is one of those people that just lean more into the Mm -hmm. Lord you know and her story of uh you know, she's she went to uh, Fuller, and she's more educated than a lot of us on staff when it comes to theology. But the pain of her kids not knowing the Lord, you know, and how that that hit her, and and then to hear hear like those moments when her kids started coming back to the Lord, and how exciting that was. But the resiliency. Uh, of of people that have gone through those sort of things. And Sarah, who I think represents a lot of us that are parents right now, we're trying to figure out, do I keep sending my kids to public school? Do I not? You know, there's these mm-hmm. real questions, these real like wrestling with culture, with the Lord, with our spouse going, okay, what should we do here? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so I just, I enjoyed hearing stories. We could talk a lot about how you strengthen yourself in the Lord, um, but until you go through that thing, and you come out the other side, it's all theory, you know? Yeah. And to hear them, how they walked through that, and Jen Bishop to her story of, of infertility and all of that uh, was really, really powerful. But I think it's funny, before we um, uh, before we decided to do, to do the panel, I was thinking I was gonna preach on Joseph, mm-hmm. who I joke is like my spirit animal in the Bible. Like yeah. I feel like there's something about Joseph that yeah. I go, I've just always really connected with him, you know? <laughs> But I think one of these things when we're talking about strengthening ourselves in the Lord, and this is the one thing that I, I probably left on the table and we didn't get to talk about because I didn't talk about Joseph, but um, when you look at the life of Joseph, 
there is this steadfastness to him, this stubbornness to keep coming to the table that I think is so important Mm -hmm. for us. Um, I'm working with a guy right now who's battling alcoholism a lot and he's on the wagon and off the wagon and and we're we're working through that. Um, One of the things I told him the other day, I said, good job that I'm so proud that you keep coming back to the table, Mm -hmm. that you don't just hide and walk away, but you pick up the phone and you call, even if you're drunk, even if you're uh, embarrassed, no matter what, you just keep coming back to the table. And Joseph is one of these guys where you, you just see his life and God calls him to something big that's audacious, it doesn't make sense. And maybe in his youth, he communicates it in a way that's not real great, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't sound like it was a great way to communicate it. Um, but his family gets very insecure and all these things. And But when Joseph finds himself in slavery, he does everything as if it's unto the Lord. Even yeah. when it shows no upward mobility, it makes no sense at all. He just steadfastly, and with faith, I believe, this faith faithful move of saying, nobody else sees it, but my faith in God tells me that God sees it, even if nobody else does. Um, and then falsely accused of these things, all these things, like you just see Joseph's life, as soon as he gets this big calling, his life is thrown basically down the proverbial toilet for a long time. Mm-hmm. But he stayed steadfast and kept coming back to the table. And I think for us, there, I mean, there's obviously like people are looking for practical things. So, you know, reading the word, staying in fellowship, uh, uh, cultivating worship in your life. All of these things are really, really good. But in all of our lives, we, we will hit this moment where we go, I'm not feeling it anymore. I don't understand. This makes mm-hmm. no sense. This closeness to God I'm feeling like is not very close right now. And maybe you go through all the list of things and you go, no, all of these things are still right and it's all the things I've been doing, but I've hit this roadblock. I don't know what to do. And I think those are the moments that really our faith comes into play more than any other time. Yeah. And you go, I am going to choose to just keep walking forward. I'm just going to take another step and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to keep walking forward. And we've talked about that with people going through depression or whatever. Sometimes the miracle is that you woke up that day, you Mm. got dressed and you went to work or whatever it is, you know, like it may seem so small, but if you want to be strong in the Lord, there are those moments when you are weak and you just keep going. And the Lord will... You know, those seasons hopefully don't last too long, but at the same time, there's just this this divine stubbornness when we're following the Lord to go, I know what the, Lord, the, what the world is telling me to do is not, is not right. I know it's going to lead to nothing but death. I'm looking at the Lord, but I'm not feeling like I used to feel. I'm just going to choose to keep walking in this mm-hmm. path. And I think that's, to me, that was the main thing I was going to pull out of the life of Joseph. Yeah. He, you know, in Potiphar's house, Potiphar goes, I see that the Lord is with you and that everything you do prospers. He is working hard in in a situation that he like he could easily just give up on life and go, I had a great family and they threw me in the pit and my life is terrible. He never gives into that. He's, he doesn't yeah. give into the like victimhood thing. He just keeps working hard wherever he's at. And the Lord elevates him in the time that he's called to, yeah. you know. So I think that's so that's important great. in strengthening ourselves in the well, Lord. And shameless plug, 
Uh, yeah, if sure. you want to hear the sermon that Ryan didn't get to <laughs> preach in uh, in written format sure. on Joseph, he, I think you unpack that quite a bit in your book, uh, yeah. Head in the Clouds, Feet on the Ground, which is a great yeah. book. I just read it recently. Yeah, uh, if you didn't know, Ryan has written a couple books. He yeah. has, and they're mm-hmm. great. So, yeah. um, I like <laughs> thank Joseph. you. I'm I'm turning red and sweating, but yeah, I, I know, it. I know. You the were concept <laughs> with Joseph, uh, we we use the word buoyancy. Yeah, um, yeah. that was a word that when we talk about strengthening mm-hmm. yourself in the Lord, it's like trying mm-hmm. to create obviously resilience. Mm-hmm. And you brought that out with the moms. Um, but this idea of buoyancy mm-hmm. to where there's something about the saints, you know, there's something about the people of God to where like whatever whatever ends up knocking them down or taking them to the bottom, if you just if you just wait long enough, you know, they just <laughs> it's like they've got yeah. life, they've got buoyancy, they've got mm-hmm. a life jacket. They just so you can you know, life pulls us down and then and then you just hang on to Jesus and all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, what's yes. happening? Oh, we back yeah. up, and then yeah. sure enough, you know, somehow the world tries to get you down. Like yeah. in this world, you have tribulation. Yes, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And yeah, and when in doubt, just stay close to Jesus because He's the author and perfecter of our faith. So I think so many ways we try to like perfect our own faith, and it's true. We should we should walk in that as much as we can. Mm-hmm. But there are those moments where it's like, all I could do is just pray and stay close to Jesus. And in those moments, the Lord takes you into where yeah. he wants you. And you do, you find yourself coming up to the surface. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And there is yeah. no no <clears throat> end to the, de- to the depths at which that buoyancy in the Lord can find you. I'm reading yes. a book recently where they uh, uh, mm. was quoting a, a little snippet out of Corey Ten Boone's book, mm. um, where she talks about how her and her sister, right, at one point in time they were in a concentration camp and um, and they they got fleas, the fleas. in their room. I just right? read that yeah, story this they, morning. This is shocking. Are we reading the Pete Gray? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. It's a great book. Yeah, Pete it's a good one. book on, yeah. on how to pray. Yeah, uh, which I remember. I read I read uh, the Hiding Place just a year or two ago. It's yeah. which both of those books. Read read all the books. So good. Um, but she yeah, they, they have uh, they get fleas in their room, you know, and they're and they're just her sister is just like this like obnoxiously full of the spirit focused on the things of the Lord optimist person right yeah and 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 Corey is thinking well how are we going to be grateful for the for the fleas you know yeah. we've been thanking for the lord for every little blessing but here we have the fleas and her sister is like well god and god i'm grateful for the fleas and mm. come to find out that because of the fleas in their room uh the guards no longer wanted to enter their room so now all of a sudden they have a time for privacy and a place to have bible studies yeah and they're thinking great thanks for the fleas lord in a concentration camp it yeah. makes me feel, whenever i read something like that, i'm like okay lord. That's any of the things that's buoyancy, that's right, buoyancy there. Yeah, that right there buoyancy, yeah. another yeah. another word that in this you know going to the second time i preached it was the the idea of dunamis mm-hmm. oh, so yeah. i mean i love the the buoyancy concept and that's mm-hmm. what ryan was going to preach but um yeah yeah but the dunamis concept and that came from paul's life the book of acts where you know mm-hmm. he was filled with the the rage you know mm-hmm. he was breathing out murderous threats and that was like the fuel of his life and yeah. we talked about how fuel's a big deal these days in our in our yeah. society like mm-hmm. where are we getting fuel what's the best fuel $6 energy for a you know tank. gas is so expensive you know yeah um and and there's that i mean strengthening yourself in the lord figuring out how to tap into the dunamis of the lord and that's mm-hmm. that greek word for power that paul yes. loves to use in all of his run-on sentences <laughs> um but it's yeah. just that dunamis and he was hit by that you know so he was mm-hmm. he was filled with a power that was you know righteous indignation religious zeal maybe father wounds we don't know exactly all those things but at some point on the way to Damascus to go and persecute the church, you know, he was hit by something that knocked him down. 
Mm. And he was like, who are you? And this is, I'm Jesus, yeah. whom you're yeah. persecuting. Yeah. And, and so then, you know, Paul became someone who, you know, began to grow in his relationship with Jesus, whom he was persecuting. And he began to find, like, in his weakness, he was strong. There was, mm. a, there was something he could tap <clears throat> into. And, and again, even saying that is a little bit careful because it's not like sure. some sort of magic thing or like, yeah. you know, yeah. like really cut your belly button long enough and then you will <laughs> actually be in this place. Yeah. Um, but it's the power of God. And, mm. and that's something that, you know, Kurt Cotter, Pastor Kurt around here, mm. it's so fun because he just – that guy is so hungry for dunamis. That's all yes. he wants. He's just yep. like, where's the dunamis? I want dunamis. I want to see it. I want to know, <laughs> know what experience. Yeah. And I, and I love that. And, you know, and we didn't get tons. I mean, obviously I, I said, here are a few things that we see in Paul's life yeah. and Paul's teaching that if you, if you want to see the power of God show up in your life, you know, preach the gospel yeah. because for Paul, the power of God, you know, is found mm -hmm. in the gospel. And mm -hmm. if you want to see the power of God, don't try and escape pain mm -hmm. or brokenness, like sit yeah. in those moments like Joseph and, mm -hmm. and see what the Lord does. And if you want to see the power of God stand against evil. Mm -hmm. And so that was because of practice thing. But in the back of my mind, there was, you know, just a whole lot more teaching on the spirit of God mm -hmm. and yeah. our relationship with the Holy Spirit, because yes. That is the power of God, you know. Yes. And uh, and we, again, we didn't get into it much, but but just like baptism of the Spirit, indwelling mm. of the Spirit, the mm -hmm. Spirit is with us. Yeah. Um, those three different relationships we see in the New Testament, but but that whole concept, you know, wait on the Father, and the promise will come. What is the promise? That that the power will come, and you mm. will be my witnesses. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. And that leads to the manifestations mm -hmm. of the power of God, the manifestations mm -hmm. of the Spirit. And, yes. and again, we didn't get to get too, too into it, but mm -hmm. um, but we hunger for those things. We yeah. want to see, you know, speaking in tongues with interpretation for the yeah. edification of saints. We want to yeah. see miraculous signs, whatever yes. yeah. whatever that means. You know? And sometimes <laughs> yeah. I think the most miraculous thing that God can manifest in our lives is forgiveness. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think that might be the hardest miracle yeah. there is. Yeah. Um, but gifts of healing, you know, mm. um, prophecy, prophecy all that, faith, yes. boldness, yeah. all the different mm -hmm. things like we, we long to see the power of God show up in the manifestations of the Spirit. Yeah. But we long to see the power of God show up, you know, in in all these other ways that we're sure. describing yeah. as well, you know, just yeah. to sustain us, just to help us love our wives, help mm -hmm. us love our, our children, um, help us to stay faithful in times of adversity. Like, yeah. there's just, there's, we are so desperate mm -hmm. for the power of God. But, yeah. but I did, like, I didn't really get to go into that place of, the manifestation, you know, yeah. but that is a part of the dunamis for yeah. sure. And I yeah. think the when you said the gospel too is just so important. And uh, we've talked a lot about you. You've told me before. You said, you know, if I give a bad sermon, but I've got communion, at least I can wrap it up with communion. Like, you <laughs> know, it's one of those all. things. It's a catch-all. And we've all, you know, some some sermons were like, yes, I felt like in the zone. Others we didn't. But then there's those moments where it's like, but when we take communion together, mm. something really beautiful happens because we're all reminding ourselves of the gospel mm. and why we're there. And the gospel is the power of God working. Yeah. It is the the key to to receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit that gives us strength when we need strength mm -hmm. the most and it's not just a philosophy it's not just good bible memorization the spirit of god living in us is an amazing miracle and mm -hmm. and it gives us enough strength that we need in those sort of seasons and and that's the that's the miracle of following jesus right we have god dwelling inside of us yeah. what an awesome thing yeah you know I, I think i can think of uh one last thing that's worth chatting about which yeah. is really beautiful that we haven't even mentioned so far mario 
Mario. Uh, yes, Mario yes. Mario Benavidez. Mm. So we have... Mario! <laughs> not the uh, yeah, Italian Nintendo guy. Yeah, yeah, no, not, not no, Mario not Luigi. The, there was no yeah. Luigi. Yeah, no, no. Ecuadorian. Ecuadorian yes. Mario, yeah. Man, yes. David, tell us about that. That was a beautiful Oh, my goodness. That felt like a long dream that mm. finally came to pass. And in Mario's message, he was able to... To share that, you know, for 10 years, you know, he, and it was so funny. Mm. He was like, 10 years ago, I was like, the Lord is good. We're going to Arizona to plant a church. My wife is with me. My kids are with me. The Lord is with me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and obviously the whole thing was bilingual. So then Mario says that in Spanish with all that emotion. And then the translator in English does all the same emotion. <laughs> and they were going yeah, so fast. Yeah. It was translated. It was awesome. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, he translated it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's like, and then, and then, you know, nine years ago, we were like, yeah, we got this. And then eight years ago when there was all this, it was like, yeah. <laughs> and then six years or what, like four yeah. years ago, he's like, pandemic. Yeah. And we were yeah. like, eh. <laughs> and then he just kind of went through that. And then he was yeah. like, and then, you know, he's he's got his visa now, mm. um, you know, his kids getting enrolled in school. Um, we're looking for a home for them right now. Mm. And, you know, probably come September, he's they're going to be actually launching some sort of living streams in Spanish. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and so he's got he lives it. He've li he's lived the last 10 years of this process more than any of us. But yeah. for us, we've lived it, too. Mm. And seeing our sanctuary, our sanctuary filled um, with you know spanish and english interplaying together in a way that honored the lord and was easily mm. accessible and yes it yeah. was just like it was just it was just a yes and amen yeah. you know it was like thank you lord um we want to figure out what integration means in your kingdom mm. um, not uniformity but unity yeah. and uh and and there's a total like precious massive latino community that is surrounding yeah. us that's all mm. over yeah. and and we have you know we have many latinos that are, that have been showing up in the last few years and it's been wonderful in english and all those things um mm. but it's funny after that sunday many of them were coming up and saying my parents would love this they need this so <laughs> bad so yeah. they're they're so their parents are not as bilingual mm, they're yeah. more spanish first and mm. and some english to get by yeah their their kids are you know probably bilingual maybe 50 50 but maybe a little bit more english mm. first um and and yet they they know a lot of people who are primarily spanish first. so yeah. it's just it was just like it was yeah, like a so window good. opened and it was just like kingdom breeze just flew yeah. well and in. one of the things that mario like it wasn't necessarily the content of his message but what he brought he embodied something i think that does strengthen us in the lord and we haven't really talked about it much but community i mean one of the things that was pulled from us in 2020 was community and mm. yeah we had digital community and you're responsible for that doing an awesome job yeah. but there's something that's lacking when the people of God can't mm. be together, you know. But I think the, even the next level of that expression would be the bilingual service that we experience, yeah. where it's like not just unity in this room, but it was a reminder that the kingdom is so much bigger yeah. than what's just happening here at Central and Glendale. It's it's a lot bigger than just what's going on in America, or you know, it's in different languages. It's all over the mm -hmm. place. And Mario embodied that, and I think there was a unity in the room as soon as Edwin started singing in Whoa. Spanish. Oh, it was like man. everything. 
I knew it. I was like, I think something's going to happen, but I wasn't sure what it was going to be. As soon as he sang in Spanish, I felt like something shifted. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't write down philosophically why I think it happened. It just felt like the spirit moved in a new way yeah. right in that moment. And I knew, I'm like, we're on the right path. The Lord has laid this out. Ten years ago, he knew, he, he assigned Mario, mm -hmm. but the timing of it was just right. We didn't push it too fast. Yeah. When it was the right timing of the Lord, this expression of, of community that we have that's so beautiful and wonderful, and I love Living Streams, yeah. but it even expanded a little bit more and God reminded got bigger. me. Yes. That's what, for that yeah. worship time, it's I was beautiful. like, oh yeah, he's not an English God. Yeah. yeah. He's, not, he's not limited to English yeah. like I am. And we know that. He's like we all, bigger, yeah. we do missions. The three of us who've done yeah. a lot of missions, we all know that again in our head. Yeah. But in that moment, it was like in our home, in a Sunday that I'm so familiar seeing happen a certain way, it was beautiful to see the Lord yeah. kind of widen our vision. Well, and I and I remember chatting with Yanni, one, one of the women in our church is Colombian, mm. uh, a, a little while later, and she said it felt like home came home hmm. um, and I and I, I get that I mean obviously English is my primary language but I, I have had so many encounters with the Lord in different parts of the world worshiping the Lord in, in mm. different languages and it was just really cool to see something that I've seen in other churches that you know have to be bilingual because that's the kind the makeup of their of where they are in the world yeah. but to see that come home to living streams is a thing that we're stretching to do mm. we don't have to do yeah you know yeah. but to say actually we really love Mm. all of the community around us. And we yeah. really care for the people in our community who, who, who don't speak English as mm. much as we do for the people who do speak English. And yes. so we want to bring this unity. And I love the, the reality that the thing is that the church is the place of, of diversity and community in a real way. Sure. Not yeah. in a fake way, not in a make sure that we get the right people rostered, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to look like it, not in a stock, mm. stock footage mm. way. So it looks <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you got, yeah. but in a like, we actually have unity in the spirit mm -hmm. um, and and it's a real thing and when you encounter that it's it's beautiful and I love yeah, that my favorite uh, there were a lot of favorite parts about that Sunday <laughs> one of my many favorite parts of that Sunday yeah. was what happened with the majority of the people in the congregation you know who obviously are English speaking and don't speak Spanish mm. whenever you'd hit the chorus in Spanish yeah you know because it was like you know, during the verses you got the Spanish speakers who were going nuts like they've never gone before yeah and the English speakers kind of <laughs> you know and then you were trying I don't know how they fit the syllables I don't know how they fit the syllables I was trying to try and it to was hit it. oh man it was and it just <laughs> yeah. to me was like such a communication of like yes I'm in it like yeah. no I'm not annoyed that I don't speak Spanish yes I'm excited to worship God in a language which I don't yeah. even understand. Yes, um, absolutely. That was beautiful. And we got to lean in, Living Streams. It's mm -hmm. going to stretch us. It's going to change us. Mm -hmm. But it's all for the good and for the right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Mario's message, you know, as far as strengthening yourself in the Lord, it was just so cool that he just, you know, took that and ran with it. And yep. the whole idea of waiting on the Lord, wait on the Lord, mm -hmm. and he, you know, and he will strengthen your heart. And and yeah. he used the the image of um, Isaiah was it Isaiah forty, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll yeah. mount up on wings like eagles. And, yeah. and that's what it was saying. It was like, for 10 years, I just keep waiting. And I can't <laughs> tell you the strength that me and my family feel right now yeah. after this waiting time. Like, mm. we're just, like, they're just, he's so pumped right now. Yeah, it's yeah. so yeah. fun. Yeah. And, uh, but that, you know, it took a long time of waiting yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Any final thoughts? We've, no. we've squeezed it. Yeah. Well, the only yeah. last thing that I, that I would say is is just strengthening yourself. Yeah. Um, and this isn't a self-centered thing. This isn't a, 
you know, you you are the most important mm. thing in the mm. world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that there's a there's a careful trick there, but yeah. but I just uh, what we didn't get across. I don't know too much. I said it in the beginning, but it's just we we've got to figure out how to not be reliant on somebody else for a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Mm. And and in some ways, it's like the manna came to each person in the Exodus, right, mm. in the wilderness. And you're just supposed to get the manna for you, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and and you couldn't get manna for the next day, and, and you weren't supposed yeah. to get manna for the person next to you. And mm. and I feel like with podcasts, with the teachings, with yeah. with church, you know, rhythms yeah. that we do. Um, I mean, there's a we need to glean from others for sure. Mm-hmm. We need sure. to we need to drink from from other other streams in that regard. But at the end of the day, the mm. true treasure, the true riches, the true food you need comes from one place and one place mm-hmm. only, and that's. That's that's you and Jesus. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You and Jesus in those quiet spaces. You got to figure out how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Yes. So that you can strengthen somebody else in the yeah. Lord. And, mm-hmm. and the, yeah. you know the image of the airline, right? Like mm-hmm. put on your own mask mm-hmm. before you yes. serve those others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, we can't get to a place where we're only focused on putting on our own mask. Mm-hmm. It's put on your own mask so that yeah. Yeah. you can serve others. And yeah. the American kind of ideology right now is sure. everyone needs to be pe- really paying attention to their own mask. Yeah. yeah. But they're not serving anyone else. But they're not putting anyone yeah. else's but, mask. Uh, but yeah. there is some truth to that. And that's the strengthen yourself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, to cultivate that ability, to cultivate that relationship mm. in prayer, in worship, in Bible study, yeah. um, and then aligning yourself in the will of God. And rhythms, you know, and I think this may be one other thing that we didn't quite touch on, but mm. um, Sabbath and rest and yeah. good rhythm. And mm. we're working on, we were talking about it this morning, but um, mental health through the through the vision of through the lens of Philippians, yeah. the book of Philippians. And mental health is one of those things that I think can come from this place of just worry about yourself, spend all your time making sure you don't feel uncomfortable or, you know, that, and that's not what we're talking about. But there are very practical things. You, you might go, I, am, I can't hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, have you had a day off of work at all this yeah. week? Well, no. And I, you know, there's some very practical things. And even for, for those of us, like I, I go see a counselor, uh, not because I'm in an emergency, but because I don't want to get into an emergency. Yeah. And there's just healthy habits proactive, like that too. Yeah. yeah, proactive. And it is part of that putting that that mask on yourself. And I've realized that if I go home and I've burned all my energy at work yeah. and then I go home and yell at my kids, it's because I was not very disciplined with my day and I burned all my good fuel at work yeah. and I had nothing for my kids, yeah, you know. Priorities out of whack. Priorities, yeah. yeah. And, and so you're seeing, this is just such an important caveat, I think for me to, to highlight, you're seeing a good wise Christian counselor. Yes. Um, a biblically based counselor, which, which is, is which is not always the case. Because yes. there are so many counselors these days that will lead yes. you in the exact wrong direction. Yep. But there is there is something so vital to having a man or woman of God yep. who is listening to the Lord and helping you have a have a backboard, have a sounding board and, yeah. and have perspective and pointing mm. you in the direction of the Lord. And we'll unpack people. that in the yeah, fall yeah, and yeah. a lot more specifics yeah. in that. But I think just in general, uh, we have to we have to take care of ourselves and, and not a selfish way but in a way that that leaves you fuel to hear from the lord take care of your your kids mm-hmm. and your family that's around you your friends you know making sure that you have the right priorities yeah. and one of the i think the top reasons why people feel so exhausted and they don't have anything left even in the christian community is that they just don't they don't do those practical things yeah. that the lord gave us he's already given us those principles mm-hmm. of rest we just have to listen to them yeah. you know so yeah. 
Well, great. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, thank you, guys, uh, for tracking with us. It's been a long podcast, and you're still here. You're it has been watching. long. Yeah, we, uh, we mentioned a handful of books. We'll leave links in the description. Also, uh, you might not know this, but at livingstreams.org slash library, we have like a large list of different book recommendations. You can always go there, search by different topics. Mm-hmm. You can even see who recommended the book. Um, and I think most, if not all, of the books that we mentioned today are, are at livingstreams.org slash library. So thank you so much for being with us it's it's meant a lot for us to just have a a congregation that is tracking with us as we talk about strengthening ourselves in the lord and we want to continue to do that the year is not over yet we're not done talking about strengthening ourselves in the lord we're right now working through the book of job we'll be talking about some more stuff in the future and let's get strong in the lord uh, as individuals as a community as a family um, and we'll see you the next time we're done with the series